Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. It is a 1011 on this Thursday, 16th of November, 2023, Bruce Show is brought to you by Sanju. Sanju Polaris, Sanju.com, in two harbors, where the cars are. Great to have you along as uh, we will be chatting with Minnesota Wilderness head coach Colton St. Clair at about 1035 or so this morning. Wilderness are back home at Northwoods Credit Union Arena, two-game series against the Wisconsin Windigo beginning at 715 tomorrow night. A couple of items before then. And uh, UMD defender Nina Jope-Smith taped with her yesterday down at the rink. Had a fun conversation. You hear that here in oh, roughly five minutes or so. But a couple of things before we get there. Uh, last night, Timberwolves winning streak comes to an end. Alan Horton, I think we're going to get him next week before the Thanksgiving holiday. They're on the road right now. Uh, wrapping up this trip in New Orleans tomorrow night. Or it's Saturday night, I should say, against the Pelicans. But it, it'll, let's be honest. After the emotions and everything that went into that Tuesday win in San Francisco against Golden State, the idea of the Wolves not having enough in the tank against a more rested and still very talented adversary in Phoenix last night was not all that surprising. And I think the key now, because people are starting to get excited about this team, right? And, and justifiably so. Eight and three, the, the seven game winning streak, their longest in almost 20 years. The eight and two start was their best in more than two decades. There's reason to be excited about this group. Uh, and I don't want to throw all the cold water on that. In fact, I'd like for people not to throw a lot of cold water on that. I, I think that you're going to have bumps in the road along the way. And now we, we'll see how the Timberwolves respond to this one. They've got a couple days to think about it get rested up for New Orleans on Saturday. New Orleans is a good team. that the, the Timberwolves beat the tar out of a couple of weeks ago at Target Center. So they're going to be looking for a measure of revenge. The Wolves are looking to atone for what they didn't do last night, which was really, frankly, cover anybody, defend anybody, as Phoenix puts up 133 and wins by 18, and it wasn't that close. It was a 28-point game going into the fourth quarter. But the story yesterday – not just with the Wolves, with the entire NBA, where the, the decisions handed down by the league as a result of the fracas that occurred in San Francisco, a buck 40 into that game Tuesday night between the Wolves and the Golden State Warriors. No surprise, Jaden McDaniels of Minnesota, Clay Thompson of Golden State each fined $25,000 for their role in this scuffle that broke out at, around the start of the game on Tuesday night. It was about like a minute 40 in. It was still 0-0, quite frankly. It was a, a weird time to have this, but these two teams played an intense game on Sunday, and tensions began to boil over. That is going to happen. Anybody who's at, you know, back-to-backs of any description, home-and-home home series that you'll see in the NHL when they were doing the two-game series during the COVID year in the NHL, we see it all the time in college hockey where you're playing back-to-back games, back-to-back days against the same opponent. Sometimes this happens. You'll have something that happens in the first game, and it spills into the second game. So McDaniels and Thompson got into it, and Rudy Gobert tried to break it up. 
maybe a little too aggressive. That's why he was also fined $25,000 along with McDaniels and Thompson. But the big punishment goes to Draymond Green, and he earned every bit of it. A five-game suspension handed down by the NBA yesterday for Green as he put uh, Gobert in a chokehold after Gobert had grabbed the Clay Thompson. Now, the referee, uh, Tyler Ford, was the crew chief for the referees that night. He told the pool reporter after the game that they deemed Gobert to be a peacemaker. The league obviously doesn't necessarily agree with that. He did wrap up Thompson. And Gobert said he was trying to de-escalate the situation, but when you watch it on tape, it do, the way he grabs it, Thompson looks a little more aggressive. It's not as bad as what Green did. That's why Gobert didn't get suspended and and why Green did. And Green's history surely played into this. You, you, all you got to do is go on YouTube, and you will find a bunch of instances of Draymond Green doing things that Draymond Green should not be doing on a basketball court. Unfortunately, it's it, it's become part of his reputation. And to the point that Gobert talked about after the game, that they all knew that he was going to do something because whenever Steph Curry's not playing and Steph Curry didn't play thanks to a knee injury on Tuesday night, Draymond Green, it's like his, there's nobody there to calm him down. It's just weird how he gets sometimes when Steph's not playing. But anyway, five-game suspension for Green going to cost him almost $800,000 in salary. No Timberwolves player suspended. And we shall now move on with our lives. Uh, UMD women's hockey team is home this weekend to take on Minnesota. 6 p.m. tomorrow, 3 p.m. Saturday at Amsoil. Tickets, umdbulldogs.com. Had a chance yesterday at the rink to sit down with UMD senior defender, alternate captain Nina Jope-Smith. Six wins in a row going into the bye. And, you know, coach even said, these are teams you're supposed to beat. And we have the quotey quotes because we all know these are harder games than people might think they are. But what are your thoughts on getting through that with six straight wins, you know, building some positives going into that bye? Yeah, um, no doubt we were faced with some adversity in those games, and I think that helps build our, our team culture. It's great to come off those six wins and carry that momentum with us into this weekend's series. And I think it'll be a really entertaining atmosphere this weekend. Goals change games. I talked about this after the Bemidji weekend with a couple of people. You, you get that late goal to tie. You get an even later goal to win. But then in the Saturday game, you jumped on them early. But the big thing was you found the back of the net three times. How much did that – finding the net early on Saturday change that game versus what you were dealing with on Friday? Right, yeah. I think scoring early takes away a bit of goalie's confidence, and I think it just adds to a team's momentum. So the quicker you can get that first goal in, I think the team will start rolling behind. And lucky for Saturday, it just came quickly. And um, it's not always the case, but we proved we can get it done even then too. How much over the course of a game, how much are you telling your your, your players, your teammates, stick with it, hey, we're, we're doing the right thing? You took 98 shots in that Friday game against Bemidji. They blocked more shots of yours than they attempted of their own in that game. How much are you telling your, your teammates, stick with it, we're doing the right things, we'll find it eventually? Yeah, I mean, in moments like that, I find that our team already has the character to know that we just got to stick with it. Not much has to be said. Like, we know we can get the job done. We have all the talent and skill in the locker room, and eventually that goalie's going to break, right? 60 shots, 90 shots, no, no matter how many it takes, we're going to get there. And, um, yeah, that's just kind of the message. Talking to UMD senior Nina Drope-Smith, you were wearing an A this year. When you found out you'd be wearing a letter, what did that mean to you? 
it's obviously a huge honor, but with that honor comes a lot of responsibility. So I'm grateful that the coaches and everyone on the team has trusted me with that um, opportunity, and um, it's been really rewarding so far. We've had a great group of girls, and it's honestly been an honor to lead them. You have a, a younger group. You have a new, a very new group. You lost so much off last year's team. What were the keys? Because you've got to try to hit the ground running. Every game counts. You didn't get an exhibition to start this thing. Everything go, goes toward that pairwise. It's so important when you get down at the end of the season. How did you find a way to get this thing, help get this thing built to a point you could hit the ground running against Long Island? establishing our culture early we had girls all hanging out within the first weeks of being together and that off-ice chemistry just translates so well to on ice knowing that your teammates are there for you through anything I think just helped build our team really quickly this year and um, yeah favorite team building activity off the ice for you I would have to say dance circles or dance competitions we've had a few of those but um, they never go without a whole bunch of laughs so who is the best dancer on this team? And if it's you, you can nominate yourself. That's okay. Grace Sidura. She's she's one in a million. That girl that girl can dance. All right, now we're gonna make this difficult. Who's the worst dancer on this team? And again, if it's you, you can be honest. It's okay because I'm a terrible dancer too. Unfortunately, it probably is me. A lot of people like to joke about how I would dance my freshman year. So um, yeah, I would say it was me. Never worked on those skills growing up? Because I, again, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a terrible dancer. Sometimes I feel like I'm feeling the rhythm, but to others it doesn't look like it. So, um, yeah, I guess didn't work on it enough. Uh, we're talking to UMD senior Nina Jope-Smith. So we, we talk about learning. You guys had those early games against Ohio State, obviously a really good team. How much did you guys learn about how you have to play to be successful against a team like that? Because it felt like you got better as the weekend went on. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's just adapting to the style of play. That was obviously our first WCHA series, and Ohio State's a great team, a quick team, and I think it taught us a lot of things early on that we can transfer now into our games. Um, yeah, it was it was a great learning experience, and obviously, obviously unfortunate we didn't come out with two wins, but we can just take from that and keep building. What's your chemistry like with Hannah Baskin on the back end? It's great. We're, we're really good friends off the ice, so that correlates well to on the ice. Um, we have a great dynamic, love having fun, and we're both super offensive, so it's been fun to produce with her in the offensive zone. Your numbers might not show your offensive ability this year. They did last year, but how do you feel you, you're playing here you know, through these first 10 games? And, and you are kind of an offensive pair, so, but you can't both be offensive at the same time. Right, yeah, we have, we have to share that time on the blue line. But, um, yeah, it'll come. I think I'm still doing all the same offensive things that I did last year. Um, you just can't always control how they end up. So it'll come. Um, I'm not too worried. I've never been really one to start the season off hot with points. And if they don't come, that's fine, too, as long as the team's having success. That's all that matters. The other, uh, the rest of the back end, you got some newcomers, Paula Bergstrom, Quinn Dunkel's back there as well, uh, Ida Carlson from Sweden. How do you feel this group has fit in? Because it's not easy, to, especially against some of the opponents you've got to play against, to just jump in and play defense in this league. Right, yeah. I think what's helped those three is they're all great communicators and they're all very eager to learn and have extremely high work ethic. So that's just made their transition so much easier. And our group as a decor has just been amazing so far. I don't believe in jinxes, so I can say this. You guys have allowed 10 goals in 10 games, which is, I don't care who you're playing against, it's ridiculous. The goaltenders have gotten a lot of love, and they deserve it. What's it been like with, with really, I mean, you know, Haley played some last year, but basically two new goaltenders getting all the time this year. 
yeah, it's it's easy to be confident in them. They they give us all the reason to. They're they're steady. They know how to prepare mentally. They know how to prepare physically. And both of them, although maybe they haven't had a lot of time in the NCAA, are seasoned vets from their past experience. And that's been huge for us. It's been huge for us as a decor and as just a team in general because a lot of our our systems run through our D zone. Whether it's freshmen, whether it's transfers, uh, you know, Reese Hunt accepted because she's played in this league for four years. But you, you're, you're talking about a lot of players that have not played in this league. This league's a little different animal. No, no disrespect to other leagues. You know this from having played against other teams. This league's different. What's it been like watching them grow in, into the WCHA style? Because it ain't easy. Honestly, the growth was exponential. I I feel like the transition time for them was so quickly. And whether they've been transfers or freshmen, like it's been seamless and I think it's been great we have girls that want to play physical we have girls that will play gritty when they need to and that's that's just a huge part of our um, team culture and playing in this league and what's brought us success in years past came up in the press conference over here but I want to ask you this uh, communication with the defense and the goalie is so important and you've got again basically two new goalies you've got a lot of new defenders but like you said you, you've got very simple communication that you guys use from your goaltenders to your D and you've just stuck with that yeah I mean we obviously had English second language goaltenders in the past so just keeping those commands the same has just helped our um, defense goalie communication throughout has it been has it been good has it been smooth Yes, we've spent a lot of time working on it, but I have no doubt this weekend it'll be very smooth. A couple more for UMD senior Nina Job-Smith. Up front, Reese Hunt comes in after four years at Bemidji. She's already one goal off her career high. She's been a major factor offensively. How much do you think it helps to have a player like that who's got the experience playing in this league? Yes, she's new to the team, but she's not new new to the league, and she knows the way you guys want to play. Right, yeah. So she spent four years in this league and has played against gritty teams throughout. And I think being in this environment has really given her the opportunity to thrive. And I'm super excited to see what she does next. Gophers this weekend, I know you're not from here, but you basically are now. This is your fourth year in the program. You've got a former teammate over there, a former defensive partner over there. What's it going to be like this weekend playing against Minnesota? It's going to be a great weekend. It's going to be fast. The the kind of hockey that everyone loves playing, and I can't wait to see how the games go and just to bring everything that we've been working on. For you, you know, having a bye, I know they have they've got one too. It's not like they you know played three overtime games last weekend or something to, to before this. But having a bye, how much does that allow you to focus? I know you guys are always focused on yourselves, but also be better, maybe better prepared than you normally would be for a team like Minnesota. Right, yeah, we've we've been looking at their systems for two weeks now, so that's def- definitely helped us feel prepared for the upcoming weekend. And um, that extra time is just allowed for energy to build. We're we're a really hardworking team, and I can guarantee you, no one else worked as hard as we did last week. So just adding that toughness onto this week and the excitement for games is going to be great. How long were you in the program before you began to really understand the nature of a bulldog gopher rivalry? It was the first series. Whenever that was, I think it was the second series of my collegiate career. It it came quick, but I realized pretty quickly just based on the talk in the locker room that it's a big rivalry and girls girls are really excited about it. All right, so for you, you are number 28. Is there a story behind that? Is there a reason why you've chosen that number? Uh, I played with eight growing up, so the only available number was 28 with the eight in it, so I just thought I'd go with that. But I've I've loved the double digits. I was never a double digit girl before, but it seems to be our D trend, so it works great. Works great. What was it about the number eight? Was it just a number that you you liked? Was it a number that was assigned to you and you just stuck with it? Uh, what was that story? 
no story. I got assigned number eight, and I just stuck with it. I thought it was my lucky number, so I never switched. <laughs> that is Bulldog Nita Job Smith. Hey, that's as good a reason as any. 6 p.m. tomorrow. Eighth-ranked Bulldogs, fourth-ranked Gophers at Amsoil Arena. 1027, more to come. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk University of Minnesota men's basketball after this. We are professionals. We are family and friends. We are volunteers. We are community partners. We are a team dedicated to helping you succeed. We help protect and serve America's businesses. When you need us, we're here to help. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Rated A-plus superior by AM Best Company. The Golden Gopher men's basketball team will host a tough non-conference game tonight against Missouri out of the SEC. Minnesota's 2-0 so far this season, while the visiting Tigers are 2-1. Gopher forward Dawson Garcia won Big Ten Player of the Week honors for his work in the opening two wins for Minnesota. He averaged 21.5 points and 10 rebounds per game. He credits one big thing for his fast start. I'm in a lot better shape this year to start the season. That's a big testament to, you know, the work that we put in as a team and offseason we had a winner's week and you know i really think that helped me out tremendously as it did the rest of the guys so i would really just give it credit to um, the shape that we're all in and then as well as um the pace that we've been able to play at because of it i was just say i can run for longer periods of time without getting tired as well as um just being able to stay physical on the floor without getting tired though so those are some of the things and uh my body just feels a lot uh a lot better and i feel like i've i feel like i've really um done a good job of taking care of my body in the offseason and um, Dot Feldy have done a great job um, helping me out. That's Golden Gopher forward Dawson Garcia of Savage. The Gophers and Tigers tip off at 8 o'clock tonight at Williams Arena and there are tickets still remaining at gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. Coast to coast. They're right there in front of us. They don't see them. Late nights on KDAL. More to come on this Thursday morning. Minnesota Wilderness are back at Northwoods Credit Union Arena this weekend for a two-game series against the Wisconsin Windigo. They snapped the three-game slide on Saturday, and we'll hear from the head coach of the Wilderness in his first year on the job, Colton St. Clair. Wilderness still in first place in the Midwest Division, and they battle the Windigo for that top spot this weekend, 7-15 tomorrow and Saturday. Colton St. Clair is our guest next on the radio show. That's after a CBS News update. 1034, 610, FM 103.9, KDAL. The Bruce Siski Show. Think you can win on talent alone? Gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Again, on 610 and FM 103.9, KDAL. 1039, I will be out tomorrow. Dave will be handling things. He'll have uh, conversations to play back with UMD sophomore center Jack Smith, his homecoming to St. Cloud. One of many he'll make as a Bulldog, apparently, based on the last couple of years at least. Uh, that'll be with you uh, on the radio show tomorrow. Also, St. Cloud State head coach Brett Larson. As the uh, teams have met now, we did math, and I know math's not the strong suit, 20 times the last three years. At least four this year, and we'll see if there's more to attack on. 
in the postseason. Minnesota Wilderness back in Cloquet this weekend. 7-15 Friday and Saturday versus the Wisconsin Wendigo head coaches Colton St. Clair. Good morning. Good morning, Bruce. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Excellent, excellent. Uh, hit a bit of a rough stretch there. Zero goals in the weekend against St. Cloud. You lost a third in a row on Friday in Janesville. I, we'll start there. It just it, from your perspective on the bench, what what me- maybe wasn't happening for your group that did happen during your ten game winning streak? Yeah, you know what I think. Um, you know, you're missing a couple pieces in the lineup. That's never an excuse. You know, we have the next man up mentality, but. I just think we kind of got away from our game a little bit um, and, you know, just the whole growth of our team and just the age that they are, you know, 16 to 20-year-olds, they forget how hard it is to, um, you know, win games, I think. And, um, you know, everyone, we got a target on our back, obviously, and, and there's no easy night in our league. So I think we just kind of got away from it and, and thought it was going to be easier than it was. And, you know, the one thing we take pride in is outworking teams and, Truthfully, I think we got outworked a little bit. So we got back to our game a little bit last Saturday and and heading in the right direction again. Even over the course of wins, sometimes coaches see things they don't like. You talk about getting away from your game. Did you see some slippage from your group, even in games that you were finding ways to win? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, just obviously you know, our goaltenders were, were playing really well at the time too, and, and you look at it, it either – we're playing really well defensively or they're playing really well in general, but I think we were just giving up too many chances from, you know, puck management things. And, and we were playing outside the dots, not inside the dots. And then offensively, um, you know, we were kind of starting to slip away, just, you know, not generating much five on five, but we were able to score on power plays. And so for, for me, that was really starting of the trend. And you can always kind of tell when that, when that happens, but until you know unfortunately with with a lot of these kids it's you know well we're still winning we're doing things right it's blah 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 but at the same time you just want to keep winning every single day and and it's it's the hardest thing to get into their brains but you know we kind of ramped it up this week in practice had a little bit of a come to jesus moment so to speak and so hopefully like i said we're back on track Talking to Minnesota Wilderness coach Colton St. Clair, one factor certainly in the skid was a power play that went 0 for 12 over a three-game stretch. I know the the third of those three losses, the power play woke up for you a little bit against Janesville, but that's it, it's hard to score five on five consistently and having the power play go dry. I, I can't imagine that help matters a whole lot. Yeah, I think too if you look at you know, your five-on-five play, your, you know, your power play is really indicative of that. You know, if, if guys are kind of holding on to pucks too long and not moving pucks five-on-five or we're just slow, you know, we're not getting to the scoring areas, generally that's what's going to happen with your power play as well or vice versa. So that was, that was going on. Um, you know, I think, you know, there was a couple games there where we actually had some really good looks and good chances, and, you know, St. Cloud had a really good goalie. Um, and or we hit the post, whatever it is. But then a little bit of that frustration keeps into your game or creeps into your game, and and it did five on five as well. So you you know you're right on that whole thing. And and like I said, we're kind of back to the drawing board and back to what makes us who we are and to our identity, and and that's what we're going with here. 
Ashton Doms, we've talked about him quite a bit this season, and he is, that's what's going to happen. You score 13 goals in, in 15 games. Is We're going to talk about you. He's also scored six game-winning goals, including Saturday, the power play goal that was the only goal in a 1-0 win over Janesville. That's two off the franchise record. You guys have played 20-something uh, games. He's played in 15 games, and he's already two off the franchise record for game-winning goals. And I know that that's – it's not the greatest stat. There's, there's elements of luck involved but there's also having a nose for those moments do you, are you sensing here you've got a young player who has a nose for those big moments yeah there is he's actually uh, you know another kid that i actually coached in the past who's on uh the bulldogs right now is ben skeeves um uh-huh. you know, he was kind of a kid that uh same way kind of would look at you and be like okay well i'm just gonna go end the game right now <laughs> and doms gets a little bit in that uh, of that in him too um you know i think with with doms he's obviously he's got the skill set you know but when he's wanting to skate and and get to the scoring areas he's dangerous you know and for us you know we're just working on the consistency of that but there's a lot to be said about an indiv- individual or a player that kind of gets that look in his eye in key moments and that's what we want here and he, he gets the job done so good for him you've been around these types of guys as a player and as a coach and and you know you know this as well as anybody goal scorers can be streaky and you just said the big word consistency how much do you preach that with him because he's still young and and so often you see goal scorers that they they just don't bring it all the time the ones that do can be really special yeah, I, exactly. I think you know the hardest the hardest thing to to get through to these players. It, it's not just Dom's either, but for him, it's when he's not generating a lot, which is rare. But he, there's times you know he does go in a little bit of a slump. But it's the play away from the puck. You know, if if you can be a goal scorer and find a way to you know maybe have your B game and get to those dirty areas and, and to. Maybe it's crashing the net or being a sacrificial middle lane driver and, and one might go off your shin pad or whatever, but when he's working away from the puck, he's getting the puck on his stick a lot more often. And for for me, some guys, you know, they think it's opposite. They think, like, well, if I'm going over there, I'm not going to get it because I'm defending so much. But, well, it's the opposite. If you defend quicker and, and close quicker, you're not spending your whole shift defending. And so for me it is when he's working away from it, um, he's getting the puck on his stick more, so that's the big piece we're we're communicating with him on. We're talking to Minnesota Wilderness coach Colton St. Clair. You guys have played 20, so you're basically at the third pole here of the season. How do you feel about what you've seen, the, the body of work through 20 games that you've seen from your group as, as you look ahead to the next two-thirds of the season? Well, one thing I think that might, you know, maybe people do notice it, maybe they don't. Um, you know, I think the games that we look a little bit off, I'll say it's it's not the the care factor, the work ethic. It's actually, you know, there's we looked at the St. Cloud game, um, you know, to break the franchise record of 11 wins in a row, and we seemed very one-on-one and selfish. But I think they want it so bad sometimes that it seems to be that way, and they try and overdo it instead of having the patience to stay on our plan. Um, but the one thing with this group, it's the character and the and the family that they truly truly live by in that locker room and and that's a testament to our leadership group and then just the overall 
character um, and good human beings that are in that room. You're dueling again for the division lead. You got a one, you're one point up on the Wisconsin Windigo entering this two game series this weekend in Cloquet. A high scoring Windigo outfit. Tell me what you uh, you've learned so far about your opponent this weekend. Yeah, well, I mean they they got you know four guys over 25 points. They got the forward that's leading the league in scoring, uh, forward that's third in the league, and a forward that's eighth in the league, and then the second leading defensive scorer in the league. So there's a there's a lot of firepower there. You know they have the most goals in our division. We've given up the least amount, so it's going to be a good matchup there. Obviously, two different identities, um, but you know they're a team where. You give them a bunch of chances on the power play. You know, we're going to have to be disciplined um, at the same time, but playing physical in between the whistles. But it's, it's you know, they're, they skate well. Um, you know, for us, like, I'm really excited for the opportunity for us to actually have more maturity in our game and, and stay on our plan um, no matter how long it takes, whether it's, um, you know, 65 minutes going into overtime or if it takes, you know, 50 minutes. I just want us to play to our identity as long as we can. This isn't, yeah, this isn't one guy that can burn you. They got a number of guys that can burn you. How much does this test you? You, you talk about playing the game the right way, but but it, it can't just be one group. You you're not going to match up one defensive pair or one line against their all their top players because they've got enough guys that can spread you out a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. I think there's a, there's a huge powerful piece to a player when you know your opponent and who you're playing against at all times. Um, you know, not just the team in general, but the actual, you know, personnel on their team. And you're right, though, like, you know, they got, you know, a top line that all have a bunch of points, and then, you know, the actual leading scorer is on a different line. And But he's also got the most even strength points out of those guys. So it's, you're right, it's going to be, you know, just awareness overall of who's out there. And, and for me, it's going to be you know, can you make their best offensive players defend? And and what I mean by that is just can we possess the puck and and can we we be smothering defensively? And that's really what we're looking for. Seven fifteen tomorrow and Saturday, Northwoods Credit Union Arena Military Appreciation Weekend. They got a jersey auction going on all weekend long. You get info at wildernesshockey.com. Advanced tickets, B and B Market and Super One Liquor in Cloquet. Head coaches Colton St. Clair. Best of luck this weekend. We'll talk soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Colton St. Clair joining us, first-year head coach of the Minnesota Wilderness. Again, it is military appreciation. they got really cool jerseys they're doing this weekend, and they are doing the auction. So if you're heading down to the games, make sure you uh, plan to take part in the jersey auction. And uh, it should be good hockey. Both these teams off to very good starts in the North American Hockey League's Midwest Division in 2023-24. Busy hockey weekend around here. UMD women are at home. St. Scholastica, both hockey teams at home Saturday. And UWS, the men, are at home tomorrow night at Westman Arena. We'll talk more about that on the morning shows tomorrow. Get you set for the weekend. And wrap things up on this radio show in a moment. 10.50 our time. Ryan Phelps prep update next. 610-103.9 KDAL. Your twin ports home for UMD Bulldog Hockey. Shot score! UMD! KDAL. 10.59. I'll be out tomorrow. Eventually making their way to St. Cloud. St. Cloud native Jack Smith. Talked with him this morning. Dave will have that for you tomorrow. And also conversed earlier this week as we always find a way to with the head coach at St. Cloud State, Brett Larson. 
You'll hear that conversation as well on the radio show tomorrow. I will talk to you next from Concrete Jungle, 7 o'clock pregame tomorrow here on KDAL. Sound off after the news. Have a great Thursday and weekend. Thanks for listening. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What do you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28, FBFM, and 610 KDAL, Delusive Period, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.